0: This, this past week, I was just reading in Matthew, in the Passion Translation, and uh, it, it talked about uh, James and John's father. His name was Zebedee, and in the notes, it said his name means uh, my gift, my gift, which he, his gift to the world, his gift to God, his gift to, was that he gave his sons, James and John, sons of thunder, he gave them. And uh, I was thinking about that, meditating upon it a little bit, and I just thought, I felt like the Lord said this in my heart. That uh, there's people here that maybe your, your kids are not serving God. Maybe they've gone their own way or whatever. Maybe they're wild and rambunctious, or maybe they're just a handful. Whatever it is, this is what I feel like the Lord wants you to know. He's got them. He's got your kids. They may look like they're running, but you know what? No matter how far they run, if they're on the chain, you ever seen one of those dogs? I saw one last week. I went to visit somebody's house, and I've never been there before, and this big chow came running around. I'm not afraid of dogs, but, you know, when they startle you, you just, you know, that was that was my first reaction. And But thankfully, he came running. I just froze, you know, all my FedEx stories. I've got 100 dog stories, I could tell you. And... Uh, he came running around, this and he's barking, vicious, big black chow, and thank God, he just went, boom, he had the chain. I thought, thank you. <laughs> he, it, it looked bad, it looked bad, but I, that's what God has on your kids. They can run, but they cannot hide, amen. They can go a long ways, but God's got them. Amen? So just be thanking God instead of going to God, crying, saying, Lord, do something with my kids. Please, just start thanking Him, saying, thank you that you've got my kids. Amen? Can you say amen? Amen. I want to talk to you today about the relationship that God desires to have with you. And uh, I remember when I was going from elementary school to high school, Where I was at in Louisville, Kentucky, we didn't have a middle school. So I went to a very small, small elementary school. From the sixth grade, I went to a high school, which was seventh through twelfth, and it had 3,000 students. My graduating class was 400. And so I just remember being intimidated by everything. I was very insecure as a as a child, all, most of my years growing up, to be honest with you, I was very insecure and uh, just, didn't, just didn't have a good time in life hardly at all. And so I remember going to this high school and when I was in the car with some of my relatives driving by, <clears throat> I thought next year I'm going to be going there. It was three stories on one side and then the, there was a walkout basement it was four stories. And it was made out of pure concrete it looked exactly like a prison (laughs) without the bars. I'm serious. I would drive by there, and I'd say, that "That looks like a prison. I mean, it's just, and I'm going there. And then when I went there, I thought, yep, it was a prison. But anyway, uh, I was just so intimidated by that. And then I remember going to seventh grade. I finally got my feet wet in eighth grade, ninth grade, around 10th grade, whatever grade you're in when you're about 15. When I was 15 years old, I was awestruck by this young, beautiful lady. She was the most beautiful. Out of 3,000 people that I looked at in this school, there was this one young lady in my class that was so beautiful, I thought, she's intimidating. Have you ever had something that was so beautiful it was intimidating? I mean, she'd be walking down this crowded hallway. I mean, when the bell rang, it was just like cattle. (laughs) Mm. I mean, it was just terrible. And so, but if I saw her, I would go to the other side, you know, and just hug my head down. I I couldn't even look at her because I'd start quivering or something, do something stupid, you know, like oh, hello, you know. And you, I didn't want that to happen. So I, I was talking to my brother-in-law about this, and my brother-in-law is such a wise Kentuckian. He was going to give me some advice. I said, "Man, I just I can't even look at her. I can't talk to her. Blah 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 blah, blah, blah. And I was doing He said, "Mike." Stop it. Do you know she sits on the toilet just like you do? That's how we take care of advice in Kentucky. She sits on the toilet just like you. Yeah, she's just just a person like you, Mike. And so he kept talking. I don't know if that helped me or not, but I, I've never forgotten that. And that was when I was 15. I'm 60 today, so 45 years. That came to my attention this week. And I thought, well, that must be God. Uh, so I was sitting there thinking about this, and this is what he was saying. Are you ready? He was saying, Mike, you have put her up here, and you put yourself down here. If you're ever going to be able to have a relationship with anybody, you have to put yourself on an equal playing field. You have to be look eyeball to eyeball. If you're married, you understand it. If you have a relationship with a friend, with any kind of relationship, it needs to be like this. It, it, it's not going to work good. If it's like this, and your point is, my point is this. Your Heavenly Father, God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost want to have a relationship with you as friends do. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you getting a ditch on me. I mean, God, you need to look at him as all-inspiring God, all-powerful God, fire-breathing God, just God. God, I don't, whatever adjective you want to put in front of that. But there is a, a relationship that God wants to have with you as friends, which means, listen to me now. Which means that He wants it to be like this. No, I'm not blaspheming. John chapter four verse seventeen. First John, I'm sorry. First John four seventeen says this. It says that as He is, so are we. When when you get to heaven. In this world, as He is, listen to this. This is just crazy! Wow. As God is, so are you now. Not when you get to heaven. Everybody thinks when we get to heaven, what a glorious day that will be. Sing it, Mike. When we all see. Change. I have to encourage myself because nobody else is. But anyway, I'm thankful for heaven. But God says, as He is, so are we right now. In Pueblo, Colorado. Why did he say that? It's for the purpose of relationship, part of it. God, you know, there's a lot of people trying to be like God. You know, all these Hitler and all these people in the past, they wanted to be like God. God says, I'm going to be like man. And he comes down from heaven and becomes man for the purpose of raising man up to his level so he can have a relationship with him. Man, that's, all. Oh. oh, that's just slappy upside the head truth. You know what I mean by that? Well, so he can say, I want a relationship with you. It is so neat when people don't try to, if you're in a relationship with somebody, they don't try to one better you or look down upon you. But, I, I mean, it's great to have friends that look at you as a equal. And I know what this may be. Really tough statement for you to swallow. But God, when he said as he is, when it comes to relationship, he wants to look at you as an equal. Don't get stupid on me. You're not God, okay? Don't anybody get stupid on me. But I am saying this. God told Abraham in James chapter 2, two something. He said... That he calls him friend. God called. Not Abraham called. God said in John chapter 2, 20-something. You have that scripture? John 2-something. says that he called Abraham friend. Now, I want you to stop and think of that. What do you think about friends, your best friend? Or your really, really good friend? Usually, this is what we think when we have a best friend. First of all, you can tell them anything. Isn't that great about friends? And they won't judge you. They won't think bad about you. You did what? Are you kidding me? No. I mean, they're just non-judgment zone. You can tell them anything when you're a great friendship. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to say our friendship is over. Evidently, that's the kind of relationship that God had with Abraham. Everything is not recorded. Every conversation, every thought process is not recorded in the Bible. You do understand that, right? So even though there's some the major points that were recorded, what God wanted you to know about, there's obviously some things that Abraham talked with God and God talked with Abraham that possibly were not. You know, he may even talk to God about, you know, these goats that I have. I need some help with these goats. God wants you to know that we, we shouldn't just talk about God about religious things, about spiritual things. Should we, I'm not belittling any of that. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you need to talk to God about your job. You need to talk to God about, man, you can talk to God about, I mean, if, you're, if your dog is just, just being... Berserk, You know, like, Lord, help me to do something with this dog because I'm about ready to kill it. It's your creation. I'm pretty sure you don't want me to kill it. But I'm thinking about it. You can talk to God about everything. He wants you to be able to do that. I mean, we were in Westcliff camping, and I just, man, when I looked over this valley, I just went, Wow, man, you are good at creating stuff, God. I know people go like, yeah, duh. I mean, but I mean, I like talking to him. I like about stuff like that. I just say, "Man, you you can really create. I'm not a good creator. God, you know that. I know that." But man, <laughs> boom, you are. Talk to God like a best friend. Talk to him about anything and everything. You can even vent to God. You ever vented to your friends, you know, and you think after you're done you go, "I'm sorry. I shouldn't have set off threw up on you." God can handle that though. God wants to be so close to you. And um, this is a thing. Just like any parent, any good parent, let me qualify that. Any good parent, they see something good in their kids no matter what. Maybe the rest of the world does not. But the parent will. The grandparent, even more so. I mean, if you're a grandparent, you just know your grandkids are awesome. I mean, they just are awesome, and uh, you feel sorry for other grandparents, but anyway, you you just see something good in them, and God says, Mike, I see something good in all of my kids, no matter what, I do, and listen, if you and I are going to have a relationship with him, the kind that he wants, it's going to be a two-way street, he'll share some things with you, he will share things with you that would just blow your mind. I just, I just know we're like when I, I just encourage you and listen to me. All of those relationships are going to be different. I can't tell you this is what a relationship looks like with God. I have three kids, and my relationship with all three of those kids are different. Because they're different. They're not the same. Some of them like to, you know, be to treat them a certain way, and the other one likes to treat them, one responds this way, and another one responds that way. They're all different. So we really need to get out of the mentality, mentality that if you have a really great relationship with God, this is what it looks like. Really? If you're really worshiping God, buddy, you'll just be, no, nah, and just really getting into it. and just and, Well, all along, there could be somebody that's just doing this, and everybody thinks they're sleeping, and man, God is just exploding on the inside of them. Don't, don't look at people so like, this is the way that you worship God. This is the kind of relationship you have with God. You know, you know, we've said this as parents, it's terrible. You need to be like your brother. Why, why are you doing that? Your sister never did do that. You should be more like your sister. No, they shouldn't. Even twins, triplets, quadruplets. Jesus, help us all if you got five. But I mean, no matter what, they're all different. And you shouldn't say this one should be exactly like that one. God doesn't believe that, so why should you and I? So don't put that on other people. Amen. That was my dance jig right there. You missed it. <laughs> if you stuck, if, I, if we got in a big long line, we all stuck our metal object holding onto it into the electrical outlet. How many know we would get a lot of different responses? Some of them would be like Nathan. He'd stick in there and you just go, hmm. That would probably be it. Me, I would be going, oh, mama. Did you I would be pinging off and screaming, mama, help me, and everybody else. And everybody goes, wow, did you stick your finger in the same socket that Nathan did? Yep, sure did. Well, he didn't respond like that. Nope, he didn't. But I'm sticking to my response. I'm not going to try to be like his. I'm not going to try to be like his. So quit trying to serve God and have a relationship with God like everybody else. You're unique, and God wants you to be you when, he, when he, you have a relationship with him. Someday there's going to be a thunderous applause. I know that sometimes when we look for friends... There's times that people look for friends, and what kind of friends? You, I, you hear people in conversation, oh, man, I would like to meet this celebrity, be friends. Wow, what if you had a relationship with this celebrity? You have no idea. But uh, this person, to be somebody, a relationship with somebody who's powerful, Bill Gates, or somebody political who's powerful, or, or somebody that's just really, really cool. Oh, it would just be nice that, which I, who knows what that means. But uh, you think about that, and I started thinking about being friends with God. How cool is it, would it be to hang around somebody who walks on water? You got a friend like that? How cool would it be to uh, have a friend who can take a little boy's lunch and, and multiply it and feed 5,000 people? Pretty cool friend. How about somebody who can speak to somebody who's been dead for four days and cause them to be made alive again? Woo, I want to hang around that dude, man, oh, man, oh, man. I want to hang around that dude. I'm talking cool. He speaks to the wind, and it obeys him. Cool. So powerful. Maybe not always socially accepted, but just awesome type of God. God wants you to know how cool he is. Because when I was growing up, I thought God was a stick in the mud. I'm just sorry, but I didn't. And I thought, wow, when we get to heaven, that's everybody wants to go there. Why? Because it's pretty boring right here going to where I was going. It's just not I wasn't so excited about that. But God wants you to get to know him as somebody who is a friend that is really, really cool. And I know that's probably pretty different preaching when it comes to having a relationship with God. But I truly believe he wants it. You know, I just told him, I just said, this is my prayer for everybody who, who goes to our church and who listens online. This is my prayer. I pray for you guys. I said, God, I want people to encounter the Jesus in them and to have their eyes opened up to how really neat you really are, including myself. Because I believe he is so neat and so cool, and he wants to talk to you about everything from your dog to your husband to your wife to your kids to your job to your finances. There is a story, a testimony of a businessman who goes to work, and he sits down, and he just meditates. He says, okay, God, I've got to make some awesome financial decisions today. And he says God has made him a millionaire because God spoke to him what decisions to make. You go, well, that's crazy. Maybe to you, but not to somebody who has that kind of relationship. He, he can tell you that. He can tell you what stock to buy, what stock to sell. It feels safer back here. Talk to him. I remember when I was in the Air Force, I, I had a lot of long time, and I'm actually a people person. I really am. I like to be around people, but it was just what I did. It forced me to be a lot of a long time, and so man, I just sought God out, something fierce, and I wanted to know Him. I had no clue uh, about God, even though I was eighteen, nineteen years old. Um, Even though I was raised in church, I I didn't feel like I knew God at all. I just was thankful I wasn't going to go to hell and burn forever. And I thought, that's my relationship with God. And let me just say this. If your relationship with God is that, that's a poor relationship to have a relationship with somebody just to escape judgment or punishment, in your opinion. I'm just saying. If you want a relationship... God does not want you to have a relationship to escape something. He wants you to have a relationship to be invited into him, to share his life with him. That is why, for God so loved the world that he came. That he came. Why? He wants to have a relationship with you. And so I just, let's go on a journey with Jesus. Let's get on this journey with Jesus. And he just desires to be able to share everything that he knows and stuff that he knows that would help you in life, that would encourage you. That's what friends are for. Man, I love friends. Don't you hate it when you have some kind of relationships? And they're not going to be your friend relationships, but there's some people you, you have to walk around eggshells. Oh, here they are. Oh, oh. And you say something to them and they go, well, what did you mean by that? <laughs> Nothing? Yeah, you did mean something because you said this, but I didn't mean... Don't you hate that? God hates that. He doesn't want you walking on eggshells with him, number one. And he's not going to be walking on eggshells with you. You can take that to the bank. No matter what you say, he's not going to go, oh, are you kidding me? He's not. You know, for... I didn't really discuss this, but I'll be transparent with you. A few months back, for about six months to a year, I was just going in turmoil on the inside. I know, you didn't know it, did you? Okay, good. But anyway, and this is what I was, this is what was going on with me. It was, I was studying some things and hearing some different teachings and and doctrinal beliefs, and it was just causing a turmoil, a, a little bit of confusion, just being upset and thinking, and I just thought, man, this doctrine is, Lord, this has changed what I believe here, and I just thought, I don't know. And so I was going on, and it was going on, and it was going on, and it was going on. The Lord just spoke up and says, your doctrine's not perfect, Mike. There's not a preacher on this planet that has perfect Doctrine. And I'll bring it down one more notch. There's not a person on the planet that has perfect doctrine. So if that busts your bubble. But this is what he said. He says, listen to this. This is good. I'm glad you came to church today. He said, it's not so much doctrine and theology, even getting it right. He says, even though that's important. But he says, Mike, you're missing the most important thing. It's relationships. Because see, as long as you and I focus on doctrinal differences, there are different denominations on the planet and every single one of them have different doctrines and beliefs. And if we focus on that, that will always cause division. And God says, that's never been my plan or purpose. There is a way for every doctrine or every denomination to come together and it's based upon relationship not doctrine relationship trumps doctrine that's why you can believe so many different things but man if you believe and love Jesus we can walk together we can so, I mean, when I'm reading my Bible, sometimes, you know, Jesus just wants, you know, I'm trying to, okay, well, what do you mean by this? And what do you do this? And the, You can't read the Bible as if it's a textbook. It's not a textbook. Like school, college, or high school. It's not a textbook. It's where you come and you say, Lord, I'm just going to have a relationship with you by reading the Word. Have you ever done that? I'm going to give you another homework assignment. Remember last week? I said uh, to meditate about Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is another one. Just when you read this, the next few days or whatever, don't read to try to get it as a textbook. Get a pad. Don't put away your concordances. concordances. Did I say that right? All those religious books, your dictionaries. And just read the Bible. Start in Matthew, John. I'm going to tell my leadership, start in John. Read John and just have a pad of paper and say, God, I just believe you're going to speak to me today. I'm just going to fellowship with you today by reading John. Just let your barriers fall down, your filters and your doctrinal. I'm telling you, man, the, even studying the Bible and trying to get your doctrine right can get you all in a tizzy. That's what it was doing to me. And God says, Mike, you know what's the most important thing? Not just to make sure you get your doctrine right and understand everything. He says, just let it go and just, let's just talk. Let's just spend time together. Man, that made life sweeter. God wants you to do that. He's given us God's dream. If I could say this, if God has a dream, and that is for your relationship to be exactly like the one that he had with Jesus when Jesus walked on the earth. Man, that was sweet fellowship, wasn't it? And God turns around and he says, the same love that I love Jesus, he says, I love you. So you know what that means? We not only can, we should be having the same relationship that Jesus had with God. The same relationship. So I'm going to encourage you just to start looking at some things that are different when it comes to relationship with God. Melody said, you know, this past week, she was talking to me. She said, man, that was kind of discouraging. You know, Jesus was raised from the dead, and and Peter is there, the disciples there, and and Jesus turns to Peter and tells him how he's going to die. You know, he's going to be crucified. You know, I don't know about you, but I just thought, wow, that's what you got to say to me? (laughs) This is how you're going to die. But that's not the last thing that he said. He said, Peter, follow me. You know what he meant by that? Just have a relationship with me. Because as long as you're doing that, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what your future holds. If we are just walking hand in hand with Jesus, you can rest assured. You can take it to the bank. You can know without a shadow of a doubt. He's going to walk you through that. He is the lily of the valley still. He is the bright and morning star. He will help you no matter what you're facing, what you're going through. He just wants you to have a relationship with him, not a religious one. He doesn't want you to win at Bible trivia. A lot of people can win at Bible trivia, but they lose in life. Did you hear me? And you know why? Because they, when, even when you're reading the Bible, it needs to be from the standpoint of relationship. You show me somebody who reads the Bible constantly, and they're dogmatic and what they believe, and they just, every I dotted, every T crossed, I can tell you right up front. I said, they may know the Bible, but they don't know the author very well. You know why? Listen to me. There's a great thing, a uh, benefit from having a relationship. You know, we all have benefits of having d- different relationships with different people. The great thing about having a relationship with Jesus and with God the Father is this, that when you spend time with Him and you're just having an open, awesome, day-by-day fellowship, it's this, that you're going to be a person that's happier. You're going to be a person that has the fruit of the Spirit just bubbling out of Him, which means you're going to be more patient. You're going to be kinder. Some of you may need to think about that. You're going to have this fruit of the Spirit just flowing out of you effortlessly because you're walking with the One. You'll be wiser. You'll make better decisions. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be preaching perfect. If you're looking for a perfect pastor, it was nice knowing you. You won't be back. And I'm not afraid of that. If you're afraid of somebody being normal and transparent, I am from Kentucky. So just suck it up. But anyway, I'm not trying to be ooky spooky spiritual. Matter of fact, I hate that. I like people who are real. Jesus was real. And I'm real. And God wants you to be real before Him. He knows your weaknesses anyway. Holy cow. I mean, he's never shown mine, but. And he doesn't write them down. Thank God. Here they are, Mike. All the way to Kansas. Here we are. He doesn't do that. The Bible says he doesn't point out, you know, error after error. The Bible says this: His thoughts toward you are so good that they are innumerable. Is that a good friend? Wouldn't you want a friend who always thinks the best of you? Wouldn't you want a friend that only thinks good things about you? Wouldn't you want a friend that just will always just encourage you and just have good thoughts? You just say, yes, I wish I had a friend like that. You do. You do. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I said his name is Jesus. And he is wanting to walk with you every day in in the realm that he knows that you can talk to him about anything. That's the kind of relationship he wants to have. Amen. Why don't you stand? Hallelujah. Reading the word without encountering Jesus makes you religious. Arguing your doctrine just, it doesn't require a relationship. It doesn't. Anybody can do that. So I want to encourage all of you just to be a little bit more open in your relationship with God the Father, not as the all-powerful God, but to be looking at Him as a friend, somebody that you can share life with every day. He wants you to be able to do that. That'll be a great journey, don't you think? It's an awesome journey. It's not a religious one. It's not one that has to be perfect. It's just one that friends walk together in life with. He's a good friend. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that this is truly what you want. And so I I just pray for all of us, myself included, that we would get a revelation of being a friend. You called Abraham a friend. And I know you see all of us as your friend. But Father, now I pray that our eyes would be open, that we would see you Not only is God the Savior, God the Father, God the All-Knowing One, but I pray that we would see you as God, Abba, Daddy, Friend. To see you as Friend. I pray that revelation to burn within us, and that we would get to know you at a greater depth than we ever have. In Jesus' name.